I thought I was doing you a favor. What? What? What are you looking at me are like that for? Are we going yet? You're looking I don't want to like, waste any of my uh, you're like, mm, angst. Is he, is he doing his surprise record? <laughs> I just want to get this over with. Yeah, well, I was ready. The first Joe time you set up was last night. So I was ready then. And then... Yeah, well, you wanted to do it a day after we finished working together. And I said, no, I need a break. Yeah, which would have been the easiest, obviously. Monday night. Yeah, I was tapped out mentally. You drained me mentally. And then last night, I wouldn't be able to go till at least 9.30. Me neither. Well, you're the one complaining. you got to get up early for work. Well, that's true. But I, I even forced myself to have a nap Tuesday during the day so I could stay up later for you. I bet that was really hard to force yourself to have a nap. And then, nope. Force. In Show time. Force. How about next day? Force in quotations, let me tell you. And then, uh... I gotta be ready when he's ready. Because you come in like a moody bitch. You don't even say good morning. You didn't say good morning. You didn't even turn your I head. I was waiting for you, you fuck. <laughs> oh, again. I, got, I forgot I'm supposed to come in and genuflect and uh, bow my head. So aggressive. S excuse me, sir. May I say hello to you now? I just want a good morning. Because you say good morning to the guy that you let go. Yeah, I had to get him out of here. Really? You get him out of here by not talking to him. Oh, thanks for the coffee. They're dollar coffees again, eh? No. Really? Yep, till March. I didn't see one advertisement for that yet. I told you. Again, everything comes up Joe as usual. I told you that's what they should be doing in the first place. You want to sink Tim Hortons? Have your coffees a dollar. All the time. And uh, I actually sat down with a McDonald's employee and worked out the whole cream situation. Um, Who's got too much free time? Remember, I we couldn't figure out why these larges had, like, they were white with so much cream. And you're only saying one cream because uh, it's the creams are now delineated as per the size of your cup. I knew that already. No, you didn't, because I talked to you. of working at Mickey D's back I in I talked to you about it before, and you had no idea. That's why we always say, uh, like, double cream or whatever. There's no double. There's none of that. It's just you get a large coffee, they hit the large cream. So I said, so what, am, what do we do? What do we do here when we pull up? What's the terminology you want to hear? Because you were that upset about it. So the 14-year-old girl says... Um, oh, there we go. Harassing 14-year-olds. <laughs> I want to make it the easiest. So she says, uh, I said, do I say like a large coffee but a small cream? Or would that be a whole big thing? She said, yeah, just say there's actually a button for half cream. So just say large coffee, half cream. I hope somebody takes that sound clip of you talking about a 14-year-old. And then there you go. I, I assume you did this today. Because you followed my instructions. I can't quite make it. Yeah, it says half cream on here. And yours is full cream? My, like mine says, I don't give a shit. Cream is cream. <laughs> that makes that makes a lot of sense. Most brilliant thing you've said yet. Yeah, who cares? I have better things to waste my time on than trying to figure out what's the right uh, cream ratio to my coffee that I have to have. Otherwise, I go insane and take it out on my work partner. Now things are solved. We say half cream. One last thing I got to hear you bitch about. <laughs> and now I don't have this white ass uh, coffee. You just need a little bit. You just need. Just now need it's it. dark. You just need a little bit of color. Well, plus you've had this like sitting shit. here for an hour because of your OCD. You show up an hour early for work. Uh, you show up. Uh, 20 minutes before the clock, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's kind of rude. Despite the weather and the slow traffic. What weather? There's no snow. It's all ice rain out there, down here, and there's snow up north, so. Well, thank you for giving me the title to this episode, The Cream Situation. Another brilliant. Hey, you can do the write-ups, because I want out. Another brilliant bit of literature. I want out, Joe. That could be your title. I want out. Really? What kind of artwork would you do for that? 
as soon as you were out, I know there would just be an, another podcast started up called My Life and Yeah, but I would probably do it on my own time. Yeah, I bet. No, no, it would be three podcasts a week because that <laughs> seems to be how he works when he's got his own uh, interests It wouldn't in be mind. three podcasts a week. I think it would be. It would be three or four podcasts by, a week. I just want bi-weekly. Well, go ahead. Bi-weekly. That's, that'll win you podcast of the year. Didn't that win Polykill podcast yeah, of the year? that's what I'm saying. So. And that's I'm that's sure, the trend. Everyone copies whoever wins that year. I'm sure on the week you're off, there will be an arrival podcast being published called, I don't, what would you call it? Uh, the, the Peace and Quiet podcast. The No Arguing podcast. Mm. The No I Work With a 80-Year-Old Lady podcast. I don't think so, because that's not a direct ripoff of another popular channel, so it would have oh, to be... you obviously aren't out there looking, because I found those podcasts. <laughs> yeah. the, it would be the Joe I can't say your last name the Joe Blank uh, experience <laughs> anyway I thought it would be better if we did a morning record uh, well because I had to finish watching the final two episodes of Ozark season two so I finished that and again I reiterate without doing a big long spiel like you do, talking about scenery and weather and environment. Uh, if you enjoyed watching Breaking Bad, you'll like Ozark, it's the exact same feel. And uh, Jason Bateman, man, I don't think that guy gets enough credit. As an actor or a writer, or whatever else he does for that show. He writes for that show? I think he wrote a couple episodes, yeah. Hmm. But uh, it's well done. I enjoy it. Well, it's only, it's only 10 episodes a season, so it's not like it's a massive time commitment. Well, we can't ask for that from you, that's for sure. Well, you can if you do it on a reasonable basis. Well, speaking of podcasts of the year, I can report that uh, despite uh, failing to acquire podcasts of the year from the Cartridge Club, we did win podcast of the year at a very prestigious event. I don't know if you heard of it. The Fan Academy Awards. You heard of that? It's it's a pretty big deal. It's Is black it? tie. Yeah, no. it's pretty big deal. I uh, did not get my invite in the No, mail. no, they wouldn't have. Again, people do not like to uh, think they are able to reach out to you due to your stature. So it is through me, but uh, as announced on the latest Retro Fandango podcast, Start to Continue did win podcast of the year for 2018 that is not Retro Fandango. So that's a pretty big deal. I don't understand what you're saying. You're talking too fast. I haven't listened to the latest Fandango. I'm on uh, Polykills now. And uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I gotta listen to Fandango now? Yeah, they mentioned you, so. Oh, I'll listen for sure then. They had their own awards, you know? So I d we managed to get in there. So that's pretty good. Hmm. Well, that was a good idea of them to do that. I wish we had done that. I wish you had thought of that. Well, now that you'll hear it on another show, I'm sure you will right, integrate we'll it. that next uh, year. <laughs> and let me tell you, this latest Fandango, me and Voxy are cut from the same cloth. <sighs> say Which he is, was bringing up stuff that i've been going on about for years that he's finally noticing the 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 what's that netflix show the toys that uh, became us or whatever it's called the show the yeah, toys the stupid show he he brought up the same points that i talked about how the the content is there but the stupid poorly written humor is a major speed bump to the show and makes it hard to watch I haven't watched one episode because I think it's just stupid. I can't stand those fucking shows. Those shows and like the toy hunting shows, it's where they have to fabricate all these different scenarios and and, <laughs> Here we and go. create. You like, don't know what you're talking like about, you unfortunately. Said. What are you talking about? It's a documentary. It's not. 
it's, it's an the same informational shit. show. It's, it's not, the same shit. It's not making up. It's all stuff I know. Stuff like that. Do you? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. It's all stuff I've heard before. Are you an expert? Should you say at a certain toy line? Name one for me so I can be prepared next week. Uh, well, it have to be two weeks because I won't be here next week. What else? He talked about uh, he fell in love with this movie that I mentioned uh, probably last year, The Nice Guys, with uh, Gosling and... Um Sounds great. I will not watch it. Why am I I'm glad Vox uh, is over in uh, China. But you know what I'm most because proud of? I don't know if I could handle the two of you closer together. He finally watched uh, Stir Crazy with Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor See? and was talking how great that was. I and I actually just watched that again last week, too. It was on the it's on the movie channel or somewhere, and it was on, so I threw that on because you can't turn it off when you see that's on. And he really enjoyed it. So I'm going to give him further Gene Wilder, uh, Richard Pryor recommendations. Silver Streak. Is really good. It's like a plane, uh, plane train, set on a train, kind of caper murder mystery comedy with Gene Wilder and uh, Richard Pryor. And if you like trains, that's an added bonus because it has a classic, vintage, you know, '70s style, '60s style train going across America, where this whole thing takes place. And of course, you can't go wrong with. Uh, Hear no evil, see no evil. Where uh, Gene Wilder is nice. deaf, but Richard Pryor is blind, and the two of them together have to make it through life and survive this, this again, a murder plot that uh, they got tangled into. Hijinks ensue. You can't go wrong with that. Those, those were those were killer comedies, man. That, that was a comedic team right there. You know how much I love Gene Wilder. And who'd have thought he would have worked so well with... Uh, Richard Pryor, but man, it was magic. Magic, I tell ya. Oh, this is something I can't relate to, so I'm ignoring you. If uh, if anybody's uh, still listening to the podcast at God this moment. God forbid. Uh, have you ever had a normal conversation where someone just talks about something and you're like, oh yeah, well what about this? Did this happen in it? No, ever, because like, the only if thing it's you... not me and about muscle supplements... I don't care. The only thing you talk about is these fucking old movies, which which everybody should have seen already. And the fact that Vox hasn't even seen like any half of these things, not to mention a lot of the recent movies, just makes me want to bash my head into the fucking wall. A lot of people don't know about Silver Street, and I don't know why. But yeah, I I hadn't seen it. I've like seen it maybe ten years ago when I happened to be on. I'm like, that's a that's a Wilder Pryor movie. I don't know, and it's probably their best one. You've seen it. Yes, I've seen it once, and that's enough. I don't go beating off to it. Or if it's on again, I gotta fucking sit down and watch it again, because it's fucking the best. Are you saying you go never. Go on Fandango and talk about this shit there. Are you saying you'd never sit down and rewatch something? I do. Tell me you don't. But I don't go fucking crazy Tell about me you don't. it. I would love that. And half the time I just do it out of boredom. Because it's I, it's the only thing on TV, so I just leave it on there. And if I have to get up and go somewhere, I could care less. If I have to get up and go somewhere, yeah, I don't go crazy. I don't have to tell the entire world how great this movie is that everyone should have seen already. Hold on a second. Please go on Fandangle and save this stuff for that. Of course, now that I've just yelled at you about all that, you and I have been actually rewatching, plowing through uh, episodes of Sopranos because we caught it on uh, HBO late night one time. And uh, they've just been doing a complete playthrough, so we've been going through it at our own pace. And we just finished season three. And? It's good, but I think it's enjoyable, and I was thinking about this, it's in, it's more enjoyable because I'm watching it with someone, and you got someone else to bounce it off, to, you know, you know, uh, comments and funny situations and stuff, and I think that was part of the charm of it too back in the day, because 
this was like the big HBO slash even TV show at that time that everybody was talking about the following day, you know, quote unquote, at the water cooler at work, right? It wasn't on this streaming bullshit that they got now. It was you had to tune in that week. How many subscriptions did H to HBO did that sell? Yeah. That series. Like? It it's one of the shows that made HBO. I I remember making the the jump up to uh, the movie channels and HBO subscription because of that show. Uh, see, I never because my parents didn't have any of that stuff. You mm. that you should have been well out of your parents when that was on. Nope. So I was still living the life at home. Oh my god! Proud of it. Hey, I love my family. So my parents didn't get it yet. So, wow. Listen, because uh, that was what twenty years ago. It was twenty years ago. Yeah, you're now old AF. So <laughs> minus twenty still puts you in well in age. You should have been hey, on your own. Happy to be at home. I love my family. <laughs> <laughs> I love my family, and I love my brothers. So these poor parents, man. Why would I want to move out? They created this thing, so they created you. I'm not embarrassed. I fucking I'm one of those people that likes his parents. I like being at home. It's great. I wonder why you still can't take care of yourself even at this age. Listen, I can do nothing but take care of myself. So anyway, yeah. But like I was saying though, I think that's what people are missing from. Uh, watching shows today is, you know, they're just plowing through these, binge-watching all these shows and not really enjoying it as much as they could with the anticipation. That was something else, yeah, waiting for that next week. And everybody watched it and everybody talked about it because it was on Sundays, right? I think I remember. But it wasn't like they had to use, like, a heavy-handed cliffhanger every episode to get you to be hooked like that. The most up, the most episodes didn't even have a cliffhanger. So there's like just some weird scene where the guy just finished buying groceries, put them in his car, and drives yeah. off, and then they cue music, and that's it. Nowadays, you know, even the shows that are on streaming services that are made to be binge still have these, are written with these weird arcs where the arc comes back up at the end in this massive cliffhanger. So, like, uh, those shows on the streaming services, you know, you and me, we've talked about before, you you learn to watch them middle to middle. (laughs) Just instead of start to end, you uh, watch them middle to middle and you get the proper arc of the the show. So, as we were watching... Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. If I got to listen to your boring ass fucking garbage about 60s movies... Oh my God! As he's, got, we're, he's got papers out. As we, as we were watching the show, <laughs> I was looking it up on Wikipedia, right, just to get like fun facts about it. Fun facts? What is there to look up? All I knew watching that show is this is like ripped from the pages of Joe's life. Everything that happened in that show was what I perceive happening to Joe. Every character is related to Joe in some way. He's so, taken on every. I get not everything I get subjugated to. Racial Italian slurs every time I watch an episode. Even the guy, uh, Janice's uh, boyfriend there for a season where he's a narcoleptic, uh, he passes out everywhere. That's Joe, too. Every single character is Joe. It's amazing. Anyway, I was I got I found this online, which was. Uh, uh, TV guides, 65 best episodes of the 21st century. But I just pulled the top 10. And it was because it was in regards to one of the shows that we watched recently with The Sopranos. So I'm just going to go through the top ten, starting at uh, number ten, which I don't know what this is. It's called Masters of None. Ever heard of that one? No. I give a shit. Uh, West Wing is number nine. The two or two cathedrals, which was season two, episode twenty-two. Wait a minute. What? Who's whose list is this? TV Guide. Oh. So it's legitimate. Do you have this issue? <laughs> no, this is, uh, I don't know when this was made. Yeah, you have all the issues. Archive. Number eight was Sex in the City's My Motherboard Myself. Number seven was Mad Men, The Suitcase. So these last four I've never seen. Number six was Everybody Loves Raymond Baggage, season seven, episode 22. 
Number five, which this is one that I called. You Buffy called. the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah. Is Once the, more with feeling. Is that the singing episode? The singing episode, oh, yeah. dude. Get rid of this fucking list. This is ridiculous. That was the this shit. This list is so stupid. And then number four was the one we watched. Excuse- the Sopranos, Pine Barrens, mm-hmm. which is the best. Uh, yeah, season three, episode 11. I just I took some uh, pieces on that. Oh, my God. Shut Okay, so this was um, 11th show of the third season and the 37th overall. Um, blah, blah, blah. It was the first of four episodes. It was the first of four episodes for the series directed by Steve Buscemi. Oh, really? Original air date was May 6, 2001. And it's widely regarded by many as the show's best episode. Uh, but it was written by... Uh... It was written by Terrence Winter. Right. He's a Band of Brothers guy, too. Is he? I recognize the name, but I couldn't place it. Anyway, some uh, some notes in this one, anyway. Um, where is it here? All right, here we go. Why don't you tell people what the so episode director, was about? All right, well, I thought you complained about me doing Well, do this. it off the top of your head. You don't have to read. You just watched it. This episode was about... Look at this guy. (laughs) Okay, well, the main part of this episode was uh, Tony needs Polly and uh, his nephew to go get some money from... Pick up some money from a Russian mob guy, one of his buddies or whatever, right? So they go to the guy's apartment... What were they doing with the Russians? Hey, was it a laundering? With, or? No, he's playing with the stereo system because he's got this fancy stereo system. Yeah, yeah but I mean, what was the, why was the Sopranos tied in with the Russians at this point? Because the they? Russian guy, Tony, brings his money to him, and then the Russian guy sends his money to, like, uh, Lithuania or something, runs it through uh, a laundering scheme there, oh. and then gets the money back. Right. So, Paulie and... Uh, uh, the fuck's his name? The nephew? Chris. Chris. Jeez. Christopher. Go go to the guy's apartment, and this Russian guy sitting on the couch drinking vodka, and Paulie sees this super expensive stereo system, and he picks up this massive universal remote, and the Russian guy speaks off to him, and then Paulie, of course, loses his temper, just sort of like drops on the floor and goes, oops, and breaks it. And the Russian guy gets mad and attacks Polly, and they end up choking him out, and they think they broke his windpipe, so they wrap him up in a blanket or in a carpet, put him into the car, and decide to dump his body at Pine Barrens, which is in South Jersey. It's like this big uh, forest park kind of area, I guess. And it's the middle of wintertime. So they get there. They pull him out. They open up the trunk. He's still alive. So they force him to walk into the woods with them, and they're not dressed for it's mid middle of winter, right? They got you know their Italian loafers on and like no jackets and and Chrissy the whole beginning of the episode, every moment he's like, I gotta eat something. Let's stop here. And Paul is like, Oh, forget about it. We'll be at AC. We'll get your big steak. So I kept putting off eating the whole time. So they get into the woods and um, they have the guy dig his own grave because they're gonna kill him, and he ends up uh, beating. Christopher off the head with a shovel, so he's bleeding, knocks Polly down. This Russian guy takes off into the woods, and then Polly and Christopher have to chase him. <coughs> and Polly ends up uh, shooting him uh, like a head wound kind of thing. But it looks like he scraped his head because he fell down, and the Russian guy gets up and runs off, and now they can't find him. So they start heading off in one direction that they think he went, and they get lost in the woods, and it's a whole big thing where Polly loses his shoe and he's complaining about freezing to death. And they try calling Tony, but the radio uh, phone reception is so bad. And then they get miscommunications where they think uh, this Russian guy worked for the, the Minister of Defense. And Polly somehow hears the garbled translation of this. And he goes, he was in, oh, Minister of the Interior. And Polly goes to uh, Christopher. I think he said he, he's an interior designer, and, and 
Christopher goes, that's weird. His apartment looked like shit. Like, just <laughs> snippy little dialogue like that. So just a couple notes on the episode. Um, there's a scene in that, in this episode, uh, Tony is actually, his uh, Gumar is, uh, uh, what the hell's her name? Gloria? Gloria. What the fuck's her real name? Oh, Annabella Sciorra. Um, there's a scene in that where she throws the steak at him mm-hmm. because he's late for dinner and he has to leave because he's got to know, now go and try and find Polly and, and uh, Christopher. So director Skibuskemi successfully threw the steak at James Gandolfini's head in the scene of Tony's argument with Gloria. Neither Annabella Sciorra nor the prop handlers had been able to hit Gandolfini. Pine Barrens took 12 days for shooting, setting a record for the longest episode shoot in The Sopranos at the time. Uh, the HBO documentary James Gandolfini, a tribute to a friend, included an anecdote, anecdote a what? <laughs> by Steve Sherpa about the shooting of the scene where Tony picks Sherpa? Bobby up at Junior's house. Bacala. When they were shooting Tony's reaction to Bobby's hunting outfit, <laughs> Sherpa surprised Gandolfini by entering the kitchen wearing a strap-on dildo. Tony's response and laughter pointing at Bobby and then doubling over the sink is the take of Gandolfini seeing the strap-on. And then some accolades for this episode. This is widely regarded as one of the best episodes in the Sopranos series, due largely to the offbeat and dark comedy between Polly and Christopher. Um, It is an acceptance speech for outstanding directing for a drama series at the 59th Primetime Emmy Awards. Alan Taylor th- thanks Steve Buscemi for his work on Pine Barrens. Uh, and Terrence Winter and Tim Van Patten received an award from the Writers Guild of America for their work on this episode. And then just to finish off the list, number three is Game of Thrones, The Reigns of Castamere, Season 3, Episode 9. Number two is Lost, The Pilot. See, how would... Whatever, this list is fucking no, shit. I agree with that. Lost the pilot. Yeah, it was an amazing episode, but... Okay, game so of, If you're going to put a Game of Thrones on there, you can put, like... Uh, you don't even know what that Game of Thrones episode is. No, I don't. It'd be Red Wedding. That's only this the biggest shocking episode there was for Game of well, Thrones. Well, hold so, on. So well, what's the reigns of Castamere, then? Oh, what's the reigns? Let me go through. This episode is centered on the wedding of... Edmure Tully and Rosalind Frey, one of the most memorable events of the book series, commonly called the Red Wedding. Uh. Oh. Oh. What the fuck do I care? You don't even know your fucking TV shows, and you're going off uh, on this. What can you do? I knew that was the fucking oh, Red Wedding balls. just by the reins. <laughs> just by the fact that it said the reins. Shit. And Lost the Pilot was a fucking great up in those episodes one and two. And the number one is Breaking Bad. Ozzy Mandius, season five, episode fourteen. Yeah, and what was that? Uh, that lost pilot, man. That was so big, such a huge budget blockbuster as a pilot that even in Canada, no one could afford to pick up that show. No network, all networks passed on it because it was so expensive to pick up. It was the most expensive pilot episode up to that time, costing between ten to fourteen million largely due to the expense of purchasing, shipping, and dressing a decommissioned Lockheed 1011 to represent Flight 815's wreckage. Mm-hmm. Uh, both parts, Part 1 and 2, earned high ratings, with Part 1 breaking or the record for a pilot episode with 18.6 million viewers, and the episode will later win many awards and accolades. Yeah. And that original later day was September 22nd, 2004. I remember watching it being fed down to the affiliates like months before it aired. And I watched it on a tiny little black and white monitor beside me with no audio and was blown away by it. And then to find out no one had picked it up, I, I couldn't believe it. But it was just too much. I watched it at home and my jaw dropped. My jaw dropped. Anyway, yeah. I just I thought you'd enjoy this. Uh, I always find these things interesting. I love these especially in regards to television, these top tens. So, where are we at? What were we talking about? Lost? No, I just we finished off talking about it, but... Um, Great list you got. What was from Reader's Digest? 
the Catholic Women's League? Uh, the foremost of? and legitimate uh, company in television, information, TV guide. You know, I don't think we were podcasting when Sopranos finished, so I don't think I've ever gotten to uh, put down my thoughts on the finale on the record. Of what? The finale of Sopranos. And, you know, it was very well, controversial. No, I don't want to talk about it now. Yeah, I want to talk about no. it. No. I want to put Save my it for thoughts. when we get to it. What? Oh, we're going to talk Sopranos every week until we get to the end? No. We can talk about it again when we get to the finale. I'm going to talk about it now. I don't want to talk about it cause now. Because I, I haven't seen it in like 10 years. Me neither. So maybe. So I don't want to talk about it now, even though I remember how it finishes off. Stand by. Maybe once we get to it, my, th- uh, my thoughts will change. This is my thoughts on it that I remember. Now, people were very upset with the fade to black. Right? I wasn't. Which I would be upset with a fade to black because I hate it when movies do that. They don't give me an ending and everything like that. However, in this instance, I, I was fine with it because in my mind, that episode ended before the scene with the diner. The series ended when everything got cleared up before the diner scene. The series was done. I consider that whole diner scene to be a bonus gift to us, the audience. It was like a simulation, a mob simulation of this is what life is like. This is the tension you have to feel every moment of your life, even going out to dinner at a small diner with your family. And the way it was directed and set up, it really put you in the driver's seat to feel all the tension building and building and building. And then it was just cut off because that's what life in the in uh, you know the high stakes, high crime world is like, where you don't know what's coming around the corner. So I don't, I don't feel cheated out of an ending to the series because we got the ending. It was ten minutes ago. It wrapped up quite nicely. Whatever was going on, I remember the war or whatever. That all got sorted out, didn't it? I don't remember how it ended prior to the restaurant. But the restaurant was just like a bonus section. Like, here's a gift for you. It's a simulator. Sit down, strap in. Now, how how would you really end a series like that where everyone's going to be happy? The only way is you either wipe out, you know, nuclear bomb the entire city so it can be ended. Or or what? Or it's a big dream. There's no way to end a series because life will go on for all those characters. So you can't, there's no way to end it properly that everyone would be happy. Although Breaking Bad figured out a way to do it. I wasn't happy with Breaking Bad because I didn't want to see him die. You didn't. But you know he died. Did he? Hmm? I don't know. He had terminal cancer. Right. Who knows? Then the Sopranos didn't bother me. I didn't care about the fade to black. Didn't, because uh, it left me to my own device and I made my own ending for the show. Yeah, but did, see did something I mean? bad happen? Maybe. See what I mean? I was or maybe like, nothing happened. It was like a simulator for the audience? Yeah, it didn't bother me because I'm not fucking crazy like other people. It was extremely well put together to build the tension and make you feel the tension. And the like fact that people got to complain about fucking TV show endings, they can suck my dick, you fucking idiots. Who cares? Uh, I see that statement. You don't need the, you that don't statement need... bothers me as normal when you say it. Why? Because you care because you obviously watched it. No, but I, I didn't care enough to... I'm not one of those people that has to complain about TV show endings because it didn't suit me. Yeah, maybe they didn't make it just for me, you fucks. So who cares? I enjoyed the series. I was happy with the way it ended. That's it. If I wasn't happy, I'm not going to go online and bitch about it. Well. Or feel like I have to give my opinion to everybody, right? Now, I haven't heard your take on it where I don't think I've heard someone say, for me, this show ended 10 minutes earlier and then the rest was was a bonus because that's kind of interesting. It's like those, uh, the scenes they show after the credits of a movie, right? it was an epilogue. So... Yeah, I can take that. I can live with that. That's interesting. I don't remember exactly how it ended 10 minutes earlier. I don't know. Everything wrapped up, though, you know? The conflict, uh, wasn't it with Phil at that point? They were at, I don't, they were at war with I don't remember, man. With New Save York. it. Don't ruin it for me. Well, 
We'll get to it like in oh, four weeks. That's like I was developing a drinking game while we were watching the, the Sopranos. So every time they say, oh, that's just a quarter of a drink because there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of that. Every time Polly points with just two fingers, that's a full drink. He does that. There's so much. There's so much. Anyway, I think the joy of the Sopranos and a lot of TV shows, which is missed nowadays, is the fact of watching it and sitting down with somebody. Do you think the frustration we have watching the kids, like the kids are a frustration. Kids are always annoying in whatever fucking, unless it's a Disney movie. Do you kids think, are always annoying. Do you think their performance was just so brilliant that made them annoying to us because they were supposed to be, or do you think their performance was terrible? And no, made it their annoying? performance was good enough. Even AJ's, like, you think his performance was good or was was he? I'm not saying he. I'm not saying bad? he. I'm not saying he's a great actor. Or was he brilliant? On the other hand. Is that what they were supposed to do? I think he was just still so new to it, new now when I say it, new to the business, that that was the best he could do, but it worked so good for that part, not to mention the writing along with it. Uh, what's her face? The daughter. I think she was... Again, at the start, her acting wasn't very good. But as they got older, it's they played the part good or well enough that for me it got what it intended and, and it made me hate the kids. I've just always hated kids in these kind of shows, especially when they're whiny and they complain about everything or, or they're stupid like AJ and just does dumb shit all the time. It's like you want to smack his head off the drywall <laughs> and just punch his head right into it. Yeah. You know, final thoughts on Sopranos. It, it's interesting how that show was so compelling and there wasn't a lot of, you know, shows normally have these action set pieces to get you in, right? Network shows I'm talking about. Big action sequence to begin with, then like a whole hour of crummy dialogue and then an action sequence at the end. Would you say there was not a lot of obtuseness in The Sopranos? Oh no, it's obtuse. There's a billion characters and it's a wide, wide world you have to pay attention to. But I don't know. It's through their performance. There's not that many characters. <laughs> through their performance or their dialogue, it's like, all really good and keeps you glued to it. And you, there isn't a lot of action set pieces. It is just that well performed and written. There's probably not a lot of action set pieces because it wasn't in the budget, which is usually a lot of the case. But for Sopranos, The action pieces aren't what makes it interesting. It's the behind the scenes of the quote-unquote family life is what made the show, as you like to say, compelling and interesting. Tony's personal life with his family, his kids, the fact that he's seeing a shrink, all that, right? Yeah, That's what made it different from the start. He's a mob guy going to the shrink. Yeah, that was the hook. Anyway, we're going to plow through it because, well, we've already seen it, so it's fine to do that if you've already seen a show. And uh, Oh, we'll touch it gets a pass to uh, binge this. Well, we've seen it already. That's right. We're doing exactly what you say we should never do. When a show originally airs and you've never seen it before. I still am of the school that it should be savored and shared with other people as opposed to just... Watching it yourself or watching it with someone else and just plowing through it and then moving on to the next thing right away or plowing through it just to get it out of your backlog of shows you need to watch. That's where shows lose enjoyment and that's where they lose being special nowadays. Well, I uh, but I wait with bated breath no for, agreement. The, for, no the, agreement. for the fresh episode of Orville that comes out once a week. That's exciting. I haven't watched it yet this season. I've watched uh, the first two episodes I thought were very weak and very just ordinary. The third episode I thought I was I think great. Star Trek just started, didn't it? It was a great adventure. Star Trek will, uh, its first episode will be out by the time this gets released. Well, that's tomorrow, yeah. I have high Thursday. hopes for season two of that. I enjoyed season one. Did you? Yep. No, you didn't. I said it. You saw the problems it had. 
I said I enjoyed it. There was lots of problems. Now, I enjoy shows. They, I don't bother to pick them apart. They just ruined that Harry Mud episode was just a disgrace. Well, it was so convoluted and didn't make sense. They didn't need to bring. I don't know why they brought him back in the first place. Because it was going to be one of these set pieces. That we don't that's, need to fucking bring back characters. Yeah. It's going to be like a tentpole of uh, nostalgia, and we're going to learn need about it. this guy. And Did it was not just it. not written well. I hate it when things don't make sense. And a lot of things didn't make sense. Can I tell you? Uh, okay, we're done with this. Done with what? Star Trek. Yeah, I didn't mean to get into Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say uh, Orville took a took a little while, but now it's going. It's going good. We'll see. It's got some Costanza it in it, but he's okay. got way too much, way too much makeup. I don't want to see fucking people that I've seen from other shows. Why do they do that? Oh, they feel the need. They got to bring characters in from other well-known series no. just to give a boost. I want. No. I want unknown people. No, he's there for like a heartbeat. I just, then don't even bring him in. What's the point? Because it's just great. No, I don't want to see fucking Costanza in an episode. You are Costanza. It's so stupid. It's, no. Bring in someone else. Oh, my God. Brand new fucking face. These people that feel they need to see other (laughs) well-known actors in a show just to give it some sort of credence. Give me a break. Come on. You're an animal. Um, Can I tell you how much I've been enjoying Red Dead Redemption? (sighs) I think I played it every night till midnight since I've got it. That's why we couldn't record last night. Well, I had to Thank watch you. two episodes of Ozark, and then I had to play till uh, till midnight. So I got two and a half hours in. I and fi- that two and a half hours goes by fast. Yeah, it's a f- I finally got out of the snow. and What are you talking about snow? The first part of the game, the first 2%, I finally got Shit. out. It's like, this takes is, two seconds. This is a trudge. A trudge. Can we swing? Can we move from the back of the train to the front in one freaking swing? Because that's the way it should be. I barely even touched any, of, any of the missions. I've just been... Let's get the, let's get into cover. It takes five steps. Burp, burp, I don't... Burp, burp. Now I'm behind a thing. I don't even talk to people because I don't want to progress a story. I've been hunting uh, the legendary animals. <laughs> legendary? Well, there's like, you know... Bears or moose or like these uh, rams or fish, but they're like extremely old. Like it's a really old grizzly bear, but it's massive and it's got a scar on his face. Or I just last night I just killed a, I just killed a white this white moose, which is one of the legendary animals. But it's like it's this big mass of moose and it's white, so you have to mm-hmm. you get this map from. A member in your camp which is how I found the first bear because it was a bear he came across years ago and he wanted to go kill it so he brought me along and then he gave me the map which shows where these 14 or 16 other quote-unquote legendary animals are so so far I've killed a moose a bear and uh, oh I killed a I think it was a white a white bison but the map gives you like a vague area of where they are. So then you have to go to your world map, travel there, walk around until the game tells you, oh, you've entered a legendary animal territory. And then you have to use your, um, remember how like in Max Payne, you've got your uh, quick shot thing where everything slows down? Yeah. You've got this ability. Dead eye. Yeah. So it's something similar when you're hunting where or foraging where it shows you highlights of stuff you can pick up like berries or animal scent or tracks that are on the ground and which direction they were going in. So right. you'd see these, you know what? You see very, these tracks on the ground. It's very much like Horizon Zero Dawn. I haven't played it, but... Which is unfortunate. You haven't played a good game like that. Well, Red Dead 2 is an excellent game. So you see these tracks and you got to focus on the tracks. <laughs> i got to focus. And then you got to... You have to follow them in regular sight. Yes, because, and we've then, all played video games before. Well, I'm telling you my experience. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you're not at this part yet, so you don't know what it's like. I have had to track animals. You do that in the snow. You kill some deer. You have no, to track but this deer. is different. Than, this is different than the first time you do it in the game. 
because the tracks aren't continuous. They'll disappear after a little bit. Then you got to use your thing again to go. You see something glimmering in the distance, and it's like a bear poo. Mm. So you now you, now you know you're still on the same trail, and then you got to find where the tracks continue off there. So you got to follow this animal along, and then eventually you see it. <clears throat> and then uh, so then you got to skin it, and then take its pelt back to uh, to uh, a trapper in one of the towns, and then you sell the animal pelt off, right? But I did this thing the other day, and it made me laugh. I was. Uh, traveling on my horse to a, a destination and I hear a guy calling for help he's coughing and hacking up a lung inside his tent and it's in the winter time I'm up in the mountain range so I stop to help him right I get off my horse go up to the tent I, a fucking hillbilly comes out of the tent pointing a gun at me faking it and his buddy comes up behind me with a gun to my head so, you know, and they're, they're, they're literally hillbillies, right? They go, ah, you should be better, better sense trying to stop and help somebody, you know, like that. So I did my slow, quick draw and uh, killed both these fuckers off, right? So then I, I take their bodies, I start a campfire, I throw their bodies in the fire, and then I sit down in front of it and watch them burn. <laughs> I was laughing to myself, thinking this was the greatest shit. These two fucking hillbillies, I just killed them and now I'm burning their bodies and they're keeping me warm. You see their bodies just right on top of the fire thing. I pick up the bodies, throw them on the fire, they burst into flames, and they're just burning away. I'm loving it. Oh, that game, that game is so great. I don't know, that, that first... Like I keep saying in the snow, that's like the first level where they're teaching you the game and shit. And I hate, there's so many extra controls that are unnecessary, I find. Like to talk to someone, you have to focus on them with one button and then hit the communicate button with another button and all this shit. I don't like that. I don't like, I'm traveling around the trail and you have to keep the accelerator on on your horse, right? To match whoever you're traveling with. I keep the accelerator down. And you're traveling for like long time. I just want to look around, but I can't look around because my finger is on the accelerator. So I can't use my thumb to go to the stick to look around because I got to keep it on the There's X. There's plenty of time to it's look bullshit. around later, though, when you're doing your. What own do you thing? think I'm going to do when I'm on a stupid horse for ten minutes going from A to B, just holding down the button, and I can't look around? That is a, that, that, that rarely needs happens, to be though, man. Fixed. Rarely happens. That's every time you travel. You have to hold down that. It X doesn't button. take that long to travel. Yeah, the fact that, I think the you, fact I, that you're missing something in this fact, in this one little travel the traverse. The fact that you have micro sleeps during your gameplay and everything seems really fast to you is an issue. <laughs> Tell everyone what happened to you. Well, no, one night it was a late night of game playing. I think I was up till one or one thirty. Yeah, so I, yeah, I would. I'm lying on the couch. I, it's the tendency to nod off when it's late at night and you're playing a video game. Mm -hmm. Controller, your controller might fall out of your hand. I've occasionally. never done that. Well, you never stay up as late as I do. <laughs> oh, we've all had late nights playing video games. If a video game is exciting, you don't fall asleep during it. Well, when you're tired, it doesn't matter. Okay, it happens. You got issues. Yeah, one's standing right across from me. Anyway, I'm really enjoying it. I'm happy I got it. Happy I paid 35 bucks. Can we uh, do some uh, clean up some some mess from previous episodes? And can you explain to people you're the only man on earth who went to see this movie in the theater? Oh, and I. I think because you're just trying to be a dick or something. You said you did not like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was like one of my top movies. It was so well done. No, new, fell, new style of animation. No, I fell asleep, so I missed where the pig Spider-Man... You fell asleep the in chick, the theater. The, the chick Spider-Man, and... Uh, I, 
I think maybe just those two characters joined the storyline. I don't know what happened. I knew they were in. I knew they were in there, and I didn't care for this fucking stupid pig Spider-Man. Yeah, because he has such a huge role in the movie. Yeah, then don't put him in. It's part of the fun. Don't waste my time of the with, multiverse. Uh, don't waste my time with. And that. for those of us who read the comic book back in the day, I have the comic when when they had at the end they did a little Spider Ham runoff with Peter Porker. I have that comic. I throw that out in the garbage. It was funny, and it was so cool to see that appear in the movie. Of course, you were asleep in a theater that is banging loud. <laughs> banging Dude, loud. these recliner Easy Boy chairs are the fucking best. They're so comfortable. Yeah, so I just, I I had bobbed a couple times and whatever. No, I didn't think the movie asleep. Was, I didn't think it was great, but you know what drew me out of it was all... I could see every single part that was meant to be 3D. And I was watching it in 2D. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck, guys? Looks like be- garbage. Because your hard-headedness w- refused to allow yourself to see it in 3D. Well, and I it's not it like in 2D. I don't want to see... Yeah. I saw it in 2D. I could tell where every piece was 3D. It's, that drew me out of it. You're insane. There wasn't like like 3D gags where they were pointing at your nose. No, you know? I'm not talking about that stuff. I mean, like, when it's meant to be 3D, when he's traversing through, when he's swinging or when he's in the battles. Are you saying you noticed how awesome it would have been in 3D? I said, why are they subjecting me to 3D when I don't want to see it in 3D? They're not subjecting it. They're animating it in a it, with a wide depth of field because it is so encompassing. Now, your f- choice to not see it in 3D is a big mistake, as I warned you. And I'm sorry, yeah, you're having deal like the 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 finale, the climax of the film, is in this huge like warehouse, where there's a literally a black hole, a window into all the other multiverses opening up, and everything is flowing all around you and flying all around. In 3D is breathtaking. In 2D, I can't is probably fine, but why when you could see it in 3D? I hope to God when that comes out on blu-ray which i will be purchasing it includes a 3d cut of the movie so those of us with the playstation vr can re-experience it again in 3d i choose not to buy it i would never buy that movie so you really don't have any good explanation why you didn't like it i just didn't like it it didn't do anything for me did you notice like I forget it's, what happened. It's now. throwback, like its animation style, how it threw back to comic book reading, and yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the animation of it. I just didn't do anything for me. I didn't care about every scene was so well written and conceived visually as well as imaginatively, like through the dialogue as well. Like every scene has so like many it. layers of complexity to it when you dive into every scene and every character. I'm glad you liked it. Every Spider-Man that you saw all had to deal with these things that we're used to our Spider-Man dealing with. They all dealt with it in their same way. Every Spider-Man had an uncle that died kind of thing. Who was this person's uncle that died? And the main character is like, when I don't want to say too much, but you go, oh my, and that person links, okay, that that is on a whole nother level. I'm glad you happens. enjoyed it. I didn't care. That's great. I'm glad you enjoyed another movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say? Oh, why you do why you do this to At some point in your life, you're going to, the revelation will come like, why was I, why was I that way? I should have just enjoyed why things. Is, well, I can't. I, that'll never I come because just, I'll always be thinking, why is Bill like that? Why is he a fucking curmudgeon? Mm. Did you hear uh, Carol Channing passed away yesterday? Yeah. You did? Well, I was on the news. And, of course, my wife likes to watch the stupid news. It's funny. Like, everyone has told me my entire life that Carol Channing is super uh, famous and everything. But I only ever saw her on, like, The Love Boat and uh, Johnny Carson and stuff like that. But apparently very, very famous. uh, Well, we 
came along at a time where that's where all she was doing. Broadway star. No, she was she was on Broadway apparently all the time. I don't know. Well, yeah. What's right. it called? My Fair Dolly or what was it called? My Fair Dolly. What was it called? I don't know. The My play Fair she, Lady? The play that she did a billion times. I don't, I don't know. I Hello, don't Dolly. Hello, Dolly. There you go. So My Fair Lady and Hello, Dolly. No, just together. Hello, Dolly. Why is this getting you upset? I'm coming to my limit here on the show. we got to wrap this up. Why is this getting you upset? Because I don't care, man. I don't care about Carol Channing. I barely remember her. I remember as a kid, like you said, on Love Boat. She's got a lot of teeth. Yeah. She always smiled and talked. <laughs> like something. Yeah, oh, I want to hear that impression. Go. Yeah, you just did it. That's how you talk. <laughs> I, no, I thought it's just interesting how we know her from Love Boat and stuff, whereas she was a very famous person. Yeah. And we, we were going to record yesterday, which is uh, the day of uh, the anniversary of Humphrey Bogart's passing. Holy shit. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Can you believe that? Many, many years ago. I'm glad we let everybody know. And I was going to, um, at DeMarc's special occasion, the, the, the Humphrey Bogart people, you know, who look after his stuff, they put out a, a tweet about uh, since this is days of passing, here's like 10 remarkable facts on uh, Humphrey Bogart. So I was going to do that, but I just thought I'd mention it, not bother. Because it would get you upset. When you write the blog up, you can uh, put it in there. (laughs) No, I'll give you some, uh, I'll give you the the cliff notes. He was a scratch golfer. He was a big time chess player and uh, played... Um, you know, Russia's grandmaster at the time played him to a draw. And he uh, continued to play chess with him through the mail back in the old days, right? Until the feds told him to stop corresponding with this Russian because they thought maybe he was sending, like, spy information by way of coded chess moves. He was uh, generous, of course, uh, you know, with... uh, any kind of racial thing, he he always supported, you know, all the races, you know, you know what I mean. Not not a racist guy. Uh, he as well. He had a gardener who was, um, I don't know what he was, Mexican or Puerto Rican or something like that was his gardener, and this guy couldn't get a loan for a new vehicle, just due to his race, even though he had a steady job and everything. So Humphrey Bogart went and bought the vehicle for the dude and allowed him to, uh, they drew up a contract and allowed the gardener to pay Bogart um, directly so he could own the car without interest. He has $40 a paycheck kind of thing. Went back to Humphrey Bogart until he paid off the vehicle. And they had a whole contract there written out. That's cool. So not like he's just giving away stuff, but he allowed this guy to have the pride of ownership of buying it himself. And by the way, brand new pickup in the forties was uh, did he uh, twelve hundred bucks? Did he pass away like uh, still wealthy and stuff like that? Because you know how oh, yeah. some of those old time actors. No, he was yeah for sure. He never was, have enough funds to last them, right? Yeah, no, he was like the originator of the Rat Pack. It was like Sinatra took over the Rat Pack after Bogart died. So it was cool. Look up uh, Humphrey Bogart's estate to see some interesting tweets from them. No, that's good. I think that's it, man. Really? Yeah. I had lots more to talk about. I picked up uh, Shantae 2 Half Genie for the PS4 the other day. Really? Yep. Retail? Well, used, yeah. Hmm. That's the Cartridge Club game of the month. Well, I only picked it up because I saw Musty playing it on uh, on the CC stream, right? And I, the only other Shantae I have is uh, Sealed Pirate's Curse, I think, for the 3DS. I don't have any. I'd like to. So it looked like it was fun. Uh I didn't realize it was, it was such an expansive type of game and there's so much to it. I just thought it was more like just a straight sort of uh, 
you know, left to right screen action kind of thing, and that's it. But there's more to the the gameplay than I thought, so that's that's my reason. So thanks to Musty for making me spend uh, twenty-two dollars. All right, uh, I think that's it, bro. Hey, before we go, we got to mention that Duke has uh, started up season two of Stuck in the Eighties. He's released a uh, highlight film of season one, which was a lot of fun to watch. So check that out at the Retro Nonsense channel. As you know, he's a Hall of Famer POS from uh, start to continue. I will binge watch them when they're all done. Oh? No. I watch it every week when he puts it out or every month. Don't binge watch that. Well, check out this latest video because he cut the hell out of it. Like, the editing is, uh, he must have put in a lot of freaking time. I wish I had free time like Duke. Well, you put out four videos a week on my life and whatever it's called, so. My life in collecting. If you're going to say it, at least say, give me some credit to the name. I don't want to mix it up. I always, uh, I'm obviously thinking of the channel I know. My life in collecting. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for listening to STC Pod episode 217, I'm guessing. Yep. I want some good artwork. Remember, the title of this episode is The Cream Situation. I'm being left holding the bag for next week's episode, so that will be uh, that will be a surprise to see what comes out of that. And Joe is, uh, well, he's been Joe, and he's hosing me. So uh, I've gave you enough fair warning. We'll will, talk about that later. Don't worry. I will not be available for next week's record. And why can't you just put in extra time this week? Why can't you just find someone else? Of course. I will look after things. Don't you worry. I told Don't you. Don't you worry. I'll be lots discussed during that episode, let me tell you. Well, shove it full of all your movies and 60 TV talks so that I never have to no, hear it. it'll be full of Joe's. Shove it all in there. It'll be... Get it all out. Joe Grievances, episode one. All right, guys. Uh... Check out stcpod.com for all your Amazon buying needs. There's a link at the top of the page. Uh, we get pennies on your purchase that goes towards uh, paying for this lovely show. Bill is on Twitter at stcpod, and you can find me on Twitter at acdecepticon. Don't forget to, to look for all of us and everyone that you know from uh, the Cartridge Club at cartridgeclub.org. You'll find all spectacular content and discussion involving all things that, you know, that we care about. The only place to go. Is that it? Post and post it. <laughs>